Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. It's happy. It's 7 11 Tuesday today. It's 7 11 2023. This is the day of the year where the Slurpees run free at 7 11. Go ahead and take advantage. I'm sure people are already. It's, uh, yeah. I'm. What's your favorite Slurpee flavor, Gary? I was just about to say sometimes when they have the free ones, I have to search toward, for a different 7 Eleven because I like the cherry. Cherry really quenches your thirst on a hot summer, July 11th. Uh, they're not really a bad one. I won't get the sweet ones, like the blue, whatever they call it, uh, but uh, blue raspberry maybe. But, yeah, cherry's my favorite. Yeah, I can't picture. I, I can picture Gary standing in line for a free Slurpee. I, are they are they size small? Yes. Or, <laughs> you sound very disappointed, Gary. So. I know. To stand in line is save a dollar. Hey, you know what? Hey, free is free. I understand. Free is free. I won't be. Uh, I won't be uh, partaking in the standing in line for a free Slurpee ticket. I I won't either. I mean, that's why the coupon thing is good. Yeah. I, I, of all the years, and I've gotten it a few times. I don't think I've stand. <laughs> seriously, I've never stood online for more than five minutes. One of my biggest pet peeves in life is standing online. Especially lines that don't move. Well, no, you're I'm never going to get me to stand on a line. That sounds violent. <laughs> I'll stand in the line. I, Thank I you am very not a big much. line guy, so I don't like that. But it is kind of a cool thing, and it's it's, it's funny to see the lines that are there at some of these Seven Eleven. Because again, you're you're saving a dollar, and free is free. But I rather spend time on Amazon Prime Day is today as well. <laughs> That's right. Amazon Day One of Amazon Prime. You can go on and buy a bunch of stuff. Or for me. Go online and buy a bunch of shoes that don't fit. I can't find shoes that fit my luau feet. But, uh, you know, there's a, there, young entrepreneurs. There's an invention right there, the luau feet shoe company. It's like, ah. Oh, then you got to get the little stretcher, and then they still don't fit. Uh, I remember those. Let's let's start the show. All right, a uh, couple of Hilo boys. Uh, taken in the Major League Baseball draft, making like up to about 700000 600000 each, something like that. Well, I know nice. for, for the first guy, this is great from the same high school and especially in day two. And we heard it late in the show yesterday that the first guy, uh, Devin Saltabon, is going to the Philadelphia Phillies. He was in the third round. And uh, I guess a high school teammate, Maui Ahuna, who did play at Kansas for a few years, also out of well, they're not, high They can't be teammates. One in is high school. in college. They're not. Oh. One is one is leaving college. The other one's leaving high school. Gary. They could have. I wonder. If, I guess they didn't overlap them. Okay, no. same school. But he uh, goes to <laughs> from Kansas to Tennessee. They were in the College World Who? Series. So Maui Ahuna. Uh -huh. So you know, definitely heard more I about. You said him. he was but, from Hilo. Well he, well, he is from Hilo. 
That was a joke. His name oh, is Maui. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were getting on. And, right. uh, but he gets drafted in the fourth round by the San Francisco Giants. One of the things about the baseball draft that's more, more than the other two sports that I follow with this basketball and football is that a lot of guys that get drafted by this team, the lowest percentage of staying with that team if they turn pro is baseball. I mean, Colton Wong did stay with St. Louis, uh, got drafted by them, and obviously made his debut with them. But it happens a lot. I don't. I know Shane Victorino. I believe was drafted by the Dodgers or the Padres. I think Dodgers. Dodgers. Uh, so you, know, you bounce around, but this is just great that they get drafted that high. I mean, that's well, really the something. higher the high draft choices don't change teams super quickly. No, no. You know, if you're a first round draft choice, they're not trading you, and that's why when you read the. When you look at uh, a trade in Major League Baseball, it's like uh, this guy got traded for two prospects. Those prospects are the guys that go. And also, you know what? I mean, you only have a limited time to hang out in the minors. Very rarely do you see somebody making a career of minor league baseball because if you're not going to make it to the majors in a reasonable amount of time, bye bye I mean, they got new guys coming in all the time. But, uh, hey, way to go. Um, Imua. Vikings of Hilo. Speaking of baseball, the Major League All-Star game is today, and we got a lot of Braves and Orioles and Dodgers playing today. Yeah, not too many of uh, my team. Are you, well, you, who's your team against Seattle? Seattle, I mean, at least they're the home team, but Texas also has a lot of guys in there <laughs> They're not well. the home team if you only have one guy playing. Yeah, well, it's their home stadium, obviously. It's a home stadium. Uh, it's a home stadium, and it's wonderful for the fans because I've been to that stadium, and they're wonderful at parking. Lots of parking for everybody. <laughs> that actually is very important. It, it is important. Well, it is. It's not necessarily at the stadium itself, but the whole street leading up to the stadium. Everyone just opens up. The, it's a like a business district. Uh, they have businessmen there, Gary. But anyway, it's a business district. They all open up their garages, and people just park there. Cheap, too. It's like, well, I don't know, 15 bucks, 10 bucks, something like that. Wow. That, well, that, this, is, this is like six years ago when I yeah, was in Seattle. Yeah, and parking has gotten outrageous. They had a cool aerial view Well, it's six years. It's, it's, it probably hasn't. It's, they're not charging hundreds of dollars for parking is what I'm getting. No, no, I just think a lot of places that I go to the mainland, no matter what the state, I mean, it seems like minimum parking for a sporting event is 25 bucks and counting, unless you can find off-site. But, again, the aerial view they showed last night during the home run derby of both football and baseball stadiums there it looked really nice and i've only i've been to seattle twice but it was a long time ago when they had a basketball team there but uh the all-star game there uh i think it's going to be a, hopefully a fun game i'm glad we don't have the rule that we had several years ago with bud selig but selig making it that the league that won bud the selig but selig that that won the all-star game the league that did that would get home field advantage in the world series Oh, we don't have that interest. rule anymore? No, that was awful. That was why? so. Why was it awful or why don't we have it? No, why do, Why was it awful? Because you're having guys that have nothing to do with the World Series determining which team gets home field advantage when it should be based on the team that earns it. If you were the number one, if you had the best record in baseball, as an example, you should get a home field versus the team that made, that's made up of all-stars loses an exhibition game and you lose home field based on that. I guess. But imagine if the NBA All-Star game did that and the Denver Nuggets, for some reason, didn't get home court. I don't know if they would have lost the finals because they were that good, but it just it just was an awful idea. And again, it was just to create interest. Remember they had that tie game when they ran out of pitchers back in the early 2000s? And that's right. when uh, they changed the rules. People got bored thinking, how can you have a game end in a tie? How could you run out of pitchers? So they went that See, route. Here's how you can have a game end in a tie. It's an exhibition game. It doesn't matter. 
True. But okay, so does it matter? So you're making it matter more for the World Series home f- home field. I, I like you, the fact you, that the winners you. get more money. That's kind of good. That gives you some incentive. All right. Any right thoughts there. on the Major League Baseball All Star Game besides that? I, I what I think also, and I'm not trying to be negative here, but I used to love, love, love the All Star Game. I still love it and enjoy it. But the reason it's not as cool as it used to be because of interleague play. You know, back before interleague play took over, and when it started, it was very a, a minimal amount of games you would see guys play against each other that you never see except for a world series and now you see it all season long every day that's interleague play so that takes a little bit of the the allure away from it maybe but it's still a fun game i mean i we know it's an uh, exhibition you, you know, game you said the same thing when the afl and the nfl merged you're like <laughs> oh gosh now there's interleague play the jets are always playing the giants it's really boring it takes a act it does that's all they do is interleague play in the NFL. I don't see anybody complaining about that. What's wrong with you baseball people? First of all, it was always there from when they merged in 70 or whatever it was. But for baseball, it never you never had that. And that was kind of the <laughs> yeah. cool thing about the World Series. Wow, the yeah. Mets and the Orioles, the Dodgers and the, you know, whoever it was, Texas Rangers, whoever they played that year. I mean, or Tampa Bay, Ooh. I think, in Texas. Ooh. The Dodgers are playing the Texas Rangers this weekend. Well, I mean, the Red Sox and the Dodgers one year. Well, they were a good team. I'm just teasing. That that made it, I think, really a cool deal when you see those matchups. Now you see them all the time. So it takes a little bit away. But, again, I like all-star games. I take them for what they are. It's an exhibition game. It's fun. It's cool seeing players play with guys that they're rivals with all year long, too. So I like that part of it. I want to see Shohei Otani go there and just tear it up on both sides. Well, he's not pitching. We already announced because of the blister that he's definitely oh, not that's pitching. Right. And that's I don't know right. if he's going to hit. I haven't heard anything official on that. He's we'll hitting ask. second, I believe. Oh, okay. Second batting order. I don't yeah. remember who was first. Don't ask me. But I just remember that popped out to me yesterday. But all right. Hey, congratulations to uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, he won the home run derby yesterday. And uh, 16 years after his dad won it, making the only uh, – father-son combination to win the whole thing i would imagine it's probably the only father and son combination to enter uh but they both win it that's cool i i was a big fan of his father's i always Mm. liked him a lot and i think he only hit 17 back then uh in san francisco and the rules were a lot different there's so much going on with the bonus minutes and bonus swings and all that and that part i still haven't gotten down but i did enjoy watching it yesterday and unfortunately my guy pete alonzo the mets got knocked out in the first round again and watching yeah it's terrible he shouldn't even be in the whole thing well he's not terrible he he, he probably who'd he get knocked out out by what what team did that guy play for julio for seattle who had 41 in the first round that, that i understood for the, what what team he, um I, he's seattle, be on the yankees in two years seattle I yeah i guarantee you you're right <laughs> but that's incredible what julio rodriguez did with those 41 but he looked tired at the end i don't know if you were watching and i was he was at, look he didn't understand the rules i don't know if you paid attention to the interview after that he was he was they were like okay he just finished it whatever and then he's thinking, okay, and they go, hey, okay, you got five minutes. He goes, for what? And they go, till you have to go bat again. He's like, what? <laughs> he was dead. He was dead tired. And Vlad Guerrero said he was tired at the end, too. And you know, That's who I'm talking about, Vlad Guerrero. Oh, I, I, well, Julio Rodriguez looked tired. They both looked tired later on in the, in the they second. Didn't, and they didn't round. interview Julio Rodriguez after the big celebration. Oh, okay. Well, but he, they interview the winner. You I see. know. Well, I thought you meant during the cause during the during the contest. I think they'll talk to batters as well before it's over. But he, they both <laughs> look tired, and 
you know, the thing is that they do it so quickly in a way. I mean, it's not like they get a, it's, like, it's like the pitch clock for the home run derby because those guys didn't really have time to rest, and that's good. You want it moving along. I know that. It's a kind of a long thing as it is. But uh, I think both guys looked a little fatigued, and we've heard stories of some players who went to the home run derby who have really bad second halves of the season. And I'm hoping it doesn't right, happen and that's anybody. why there's a lot of a lot of guys don't do the home run uh, derby because I was talking to my friend Aki yesterday. He says hi, and so he's I was like, hey, home run derby. I was in uh, uh, the Leeward Bowl, the bar and grill there, and uh, I said, oh, home run derby. He goes, well, no Shohei, no Aaron Judge. You know, a lot of people, folks. It used to be where hey. Home run derby, Mark McGuire's stepping up to the plate, right? I mean, the biggest stars would be in the home run derby. It's gone the way of the slam dunk contest as far as the big stars doing it. But at the same time, I, I really enjoy it. I, I I don't know. Something about it, is, it just looks it's, it looks like a lot of fun. It's a celebration of baseball. Right. It, this, it, it's, it's a celebration of not only competition, but the players yucking it up with their families on the side. That yeah. makes it fun. It's it's good fun. All right. I, I like that. Uh, let's too. see here. It is a uh, strange day. I'm just going to quote Tanner Hayworth from this morning when we first came on uh, pre-show. A strange day for college coaches yesterday. Well, Pat Fitzgerald of Northwestern, as we talked about that during the show yesterday, it just you could kind of see this ending coming where he was let go. He was terminated by Northwestern. Apparently, that article that came out for the school newspaper on Saturday with an anonymous ex-player giving details of what took place, that you couldn't overlook. The other part of this, I don't know how Northwestern gets around it, makes them look really bad. You gave him a two-week suspension in July. There's nothing really for a college coach to do. I mean, he could still do stuff at home. You weren't recruiting. It was basically a dead period. So you handled the initial part of this poorly. And the school president goes on to say, well, we didn't know it was that severe until I saw the details and all of that. You handled it poorly. What I find... Well, they didn't investigate it thoroughly. They didn't investigate it thoroughly. What they saw, Gary, was here's the winningest coach this school has ever mm. seen. Oh, what? Something bad happened? Give him two weeks. And that's why I commend the student journalists who came out and said no during the summer. They're not even going to school. It's summer. It's summertime. And it's like, hey, you know what? This is not right. We're going to get down to the bottom of it. The president's new. And, uh, boy, he kind of learned his lesson because, I mean, you could be, this could, they found out that he knew this could be lawsuits. Uh, coming to Northwestern, and it could be go really bad because of the just the the it's the, not their in, program the, back with the negativity now with this, the cloud hanging over this program. Well, sure it is. It's like Penn State, you know. It's like Penn State. All of a sudden, oh, decommits left and right. You're going to get that with Northwestern, probably. I mean, no. just the stigma of you go to oh, mm. you go to that school. Mm. I heard Pete Dom along with Cantley and uh, Carlin yesterday, and he had a good Cantley. point of it. Patrick Cantley has, Car- te- has a golfer as a television show. Cantley oh. and Carlin, and with the one point he made, which is you know people took this for granted, but he said nobody's denying this. I mean, these are still technically or legally alleged acts, but nobody's denying it. So according to what he found out and what he thinks is that these things did happen. So nobody's even you don't have to investigate these allegations as far as did they happen. Now you wonder mm. and think about why did it happen? And why was it why was it allowed to continue? Yeah, well, we'll get what Gary Dickman thinks coming up next. 
on this uh, the day after a super strange day for college coaches. We're talking about Bob Huggins, too. Uh, it is going to be partly cloudy this morning, mostly sunny this afternoon, turning partly cloudy again. High today in the mid-80s. Trades are 10 to 20 miles per hour. Uh, sunset at 717 again. And a traffic check coming right up on ESPN Honolulu. All right, back on the uh, strange day yesterday for college coaches. Uh, Gary, what do you think? Well, what is your thought on this whole thing? I have a whole bunch and of thoughts on mine. this. What? One of the things I still find it amazing, you and I have talked about other scenarios where school officials seemingly in cases besides athletics and with athletics look the other way or just don't want to be bothered with problems at their university or institution. Whether it's, And I see it all in the mainland. I don't really see it here. I read about it, and that amazes me. With Pat Fitzgerald, did he know or didn't he know? It doesn't almost matter at this point. He... Oh, again, the old cliche, so to speak, is that he should have known if he didn't. But I, I tend well, to believe you're that you're in he charge. Had of, you're of in this. charge. Of, you're in. That's your team. You're in charge. And I always found that funny. I thought about it yesterday. Was okay. The coach is in charge, whether you know or not. It's under your watch. Yeah. Well, it's under the athletic director's watch. Isn't he the boss of the coach? What? What? Why isn't this on the athletic director? Why do the athletic directors go uh, scot-free? Shouldn't you be keeping an eye on your coaches? And for that matter, it falls under the president. This happened under the president's watch. Aren't you watching your athletic director? Who should be watching your coach? And if Maybe state, I'm taking it too far. No, but you I know thought, what? Why not, I mean, obviously it's not the president. He's not around. But why does the athletic director go unscathed? There have been situations in colleges where the AD and president are both let go. And I can't think of one right now, but I'll get one. And you're right. That's an excellent point. Why does it stop? And maybe it won't, but right now it's Pat Fitzgerald. Again, let's say whether he knew or not, you can make up your own mind. You, Chris, Tanner, anybody listening. But there had to be people who knew about it, just like the New Mexico basketball hazing situation. Assistant coaches, maybe it's still alleged, but they knew. So people knew about it. I'm not talking about the players. You can understand that some didn't want to come forward. They're, they're fearful of retaliation or whatever else, losing a scholarship, whatever it might be. But coaches, people on staff had to know, and they didn't do anything. Again, the fact that they look the other way bothers me. The fact that you anybody in their right mind would think you'd get away with something like this, and maybe they've been getting away with it for years and years and years, like we kind of hear, or maybe with other stories. What do you mean, it, wait a minute. Who, they've been getting it away for years, like we kind of hear. I don't. Well, you, you that. hear that hazing goes on a lot more than that is actually reported. It and is. The suspicions are out there. I mean, that's my, what, that's my question. Yeah. Seriously, it is. The suspicions are out there. Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. And I've been around college basketball teams. I've never heard of anything like that. Not that I necessarily would. But well, I'm not going to do I, anything I, in front of you, I guess. I, I want to believe that these things don't go on. And again, I'm surprised oh. in 2023 that it does. Here's, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's gonna, I see where you're going, but here's what's going to happen from this. And this is what I take away. If you take anything away from this today, take away this. This is going to be the first. This is a domino effect here. Now you're going to have. It's just like Bill Cosby and and um, the Me Too uh, what's movement. The, the Harvey no, Weinstein. Not the, no, not the Me Too movement. It's the uh, uh, <laughs> uh, gosh uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is 
you're going to have other people now come out and go, oh, yeah, wait a minute, that happened in my school. You might have somebody say, hey, 10 years ago that happened to me. Uh, this is something that I believe. Why would this only happen at Northwestern? You're going to hear story. Journalists are scurrying right now. You're going to hear more stories and more people come out of the woodwork, and this happening at more schools, because why would it only happen at Northwestern? Doesn't make sense. You see, it's not just the football program. Uh, Tanner Hay was doing some work in the background there. Uh, it's a cheerleading program and a bunch of other uh, teams at Northwestern being investigated. That's what that's what's going to come out of this, and that's the really sad part about the most. And you're going to more people investigating racism, racism on a college campus in today's day and age. That's crazy. College campuses are the most liberal places you'll find in your state, in your respective states. Those are the most liberal. They think the most liberally out there. But for some reason, the athletic departments haven't caught up with that way of thinking. I would think if there are schools that are currently doing things similar to what happened at Northwestern, you'd be pretty smart to stop it right now and maybe <laughs> yeah. too late. But now, I mean, what, what you saw, what if you're a foot, let's say you're an assistant coach at a school that knows and the head coach for some reason doesn't, uh, you, you you should make, you really stop it. Again, I think it's really hard to hide anything. There's just too many eyes, cameras, and all stuff going on. It's hard to get away for everything or anything for that long a period of time. And maybe schools have been getting away for it now, but I'd really be leery of that because this guy before yesterday and before last weekend, let's say, you can say what you want about his record. I mean, he's a little over 500 there, but he did so many great things. Which is things, good for Northwestern. Which is good for Northwestern, but he would be loved there as a player, as an assistant, as a coach, and, you know, he's from the area he was just one of the guys that you thought would stay there and never go to another college and now the guy's legacy is totally tarnished you don't think of him at all the same way as a pretty popular college football coach like he was right i mean this goes back to penn state what did you think about joe paterno and you saw that uh, the complaints were being made to joe paterno and he did nothing well he did do something he actually he did report it to his boss which right. is what he was required. That that's all he was required. He didn't go to police or anything is what he was criticized yeah, for. Yeah, I think that you reported to your boss because you know your boss is going to squash it. That, 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 I don't want to get into yeah, yeah, a yeah, 10-year-old yeah, yeah. conversation yeah. on the radio today. He could have done more, and he didn't. And that and you know that's kind of tarnished the whole – I still see Penn State, and I, I think of the whole situation that happened there. Now, Tanner, uh, you want to um, – Talk about your comments that you made uh, via text. He says racism happens all the time on college campuses. What does that mean? Well, I think it's just something that we want to push aside. But I think just as a terms of this is a lot less sports conversation, a lot more societal conversation. But it's something that does need to be, you know, kind of pushed to the front, kind of be highlighted because no matter what, it if you don't think it's happening, it's probably happening. I mean... There's the whole stuff, you know, we had our whole situation with Todd Graham only a couple of years ago. There were so many other issues that came uh, through that. So across the nation, there's a lot of things that you probably don't think about a lot. But I think that this should, I think you guys mentioned it before, push a lot of these situations where if college athletes are feeling like they are being assaulted, sexually assaulted, uh, emotionally and all that stuff through hazing or other means mm-hmm. by their coaches or other players, mm-hmm. I think this should be probably the right time 
to probably use this as a vehicle to prop up that situation going on at your school because I I don't really see the net negative of getting rid of these these kind of hazing activities because there are there is freshman hazing but that's usually like you know hey uh, put away all the pads at the end of practice or hey make sure you know you get everyone all of their stuff that they need it happens in the NFL happens a lot in other college schools mm-hmm. but hazing to the point of like it's like the the like the frat houses hazing where they're basically like waterboarding kids and it's just like yep now you made it into our brotherhood it's like yeah. you, you can't have stuff going on like that in where does racism come in in hazing though i don't see how they're re- i mean we're really talking about two different situations here, i aren't see what we? you mean but i so when you look at the situation with um northwestern specifically they talk about a lot of the black players having to be told you know, hey, you got to cut your dreads or for the cheerleader program, you know, undo your, all your braids and do all that stuff. Really? And they're hold to this higher really? standard to yet a lot wow. of the white players were never told to cut their long hairstyles. So it's a lot of stuff like that. It's like Latino players, you know, getting hazed by like shaving like Cinco de Mayo into their heads. You know, <laughs> it's a lot of like micro stuff. It's you know like, what? It's 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 almost like the, it, it's it's ignorant. It's like right. um, it's I don't want to call it white ignorance. I don't even know that's a thing. But but there's a, a certain there's a certain thing that you think is acceptable and not acceptable. For example, when the NBA came out, I think David Stern was a commissioner and he said, hey, you guys, if you guys who aren't playing, you players you on your street clothes, you have to wear suits. You can't wear baggy your baggy pants. You have to pull up your pants. And you know what? That's a cultural thing. Whether you whether you agree with it or not, from the perspective of the players, it was a cultural thing and it became really kind of a racial thing. So the players now aren't required to wear a suit if you're if you're sitting on the sidelines of an NBA team. So I, I understand what you're saying. I tell you what. It's 631 with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. We haven't even gotten to Bob Huggins yet. Uh, that and more coming up on ESPN Honolulu here on National 7-Eleven Free Slurpee Day. We'll be right back. I hope you're having a great Taco Tuesday morning here. We're the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. I want to talk a little bit more about Pat Fitzgerald, and I know what I'm about to say might not sound right, uh, but I don't mean to be negative or take this lightly what took place. But, again, as I said, and I had nothing to think about with Northwestern. I think it's kind of a cool story whenever they have some good season, but I'm not a big fan. I don't want a hater, not a lover. But I know, again, as I said, Pat Fitzgerald was a very respected coach, at least in the coaching community and college football generally. I feel a little saddened as well that his whole career had just gone down the drain. And, again, I'm not making light or taking it lightly as far as what took place, but it wasn't like – 
certain other things that we've seen college coaches get involved with, for example, Bob Huggins and DUI, that could cost somebody their life. It wasn't, I don't think, an intentional act to do something illegal. And I know the head coach is going to be the first guy to pay the price. His head will roll before anybody else's. And you brought up a good suggestion or uh, part of it. What about other people above him that should have known? We'll see if anything takes place with them. But he was a guy whose whole career is over. And Bob Huggins is similar in that. Now, Bob Huggins did get fired from Cincinnati, and he did get a DUI. But he's a great b- basketball coach. He's he got like third or fourth most wins get, of active he coaches. He before did get this fired season. from Cincinnati. I believe he did get fired from Cincinnati for the DUI. Bob Huggins? Yes. He's still an employee. He hasn't resigned. No, Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Gary. So he he had... Oh, he got fired from Cincinnati? Really? And I've heard two people tell me that... Two coaches that he was set up by the AD who told the police where he'd be after drinking. Oh, that story. He was in the bar and the AD called the police on him or something. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Either way, he was set up. But both of those coaches... And I'm not a big West Virginia fan, but I I really like Bob Huggins. You know, he was different, a little bit very outgoing, but he was a winning coach. And it's he wasn't involved in any college basketball recruiting scandal. Maybe that's not important to some. But both of their careers have basically been so thrown out. Anything positive that they've done, for the most part, from people from afar at least. I don't know what people in West Virginia and Illinois think about Fitzgerald, but it's just something that, again, for for Fitzgerald, I don't think he intended to do anything that would hurt anybody or be involved in any way. Or I don't know how he could overlook it, though. I can't get past that. I can't get past that he almost had a no and didn't do anything. I can't get past that. With Huggins, he did something that you got to pay the price for. And everybody knows that he can make any excuse. It's kids can make any excuse. Still, he was guilty of something that fortunately didn't hurt somebody. And that's all the difference in their situation. But yeah. a part of me is saddened that both careers are going to be looked at so differently now. Woody Hayes was one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. And a lot of people, the first thing you'll think of is when he punched that Michigan player in his last game as an Ohio State coach. Tarnished his legacy. One little who is it? That, who is it? Who is, was it Jerry Glanville? Who punched Kevin Gilbride? Yeah, yes, I'm almost pot. Yes, yes, yeah, that's right. I don't see. I don't think of that. I, I, I guess mm. we're a little closer to Jerry Glanville uh, since he spent some time in Hawaii, but um, I don't really think about that with him. You know the the um, I'm I wondered at schools' top athletic institutions like Alabama if hazing goes on. Can you can you imagine uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa and, and uh, some other players? That that kid from, uh, I can't remember his name, from IAEA. I think he verbally committed to Ohio State. I'm not sure for sure he's going to Ohio State. He might change his mind. I'm not sure on that. But, you know, these kids, I mean, if I'm going on a visit to a campus, I'd be like, is there hazing that goes on here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if, if there is... And they go, oh, well, just a little thing. I'd be like, sorry, bye-bye. Next, next on the line. I don't know that this happens at every institution, but I'm betting it happens in others. We got a text on the Zephyr Insurance text line. And, folks, you can call or text in anytime you like at 808-296-1420. We were talking about racism earlier. And uh, racism is not based on political ideology. Liberal and conservatives alike are racists. Yeah, I, I, I think we can all agree on that. I'm not sure that was said on the air. But anyway, 
It goes on to say, hazing takes place everywhere. Don't kid yourself. It happens all the time at the University of Hawaii. There are definitely instances where things go too far, like in the case of Northwestern and Penn State, I'm sure many other institutions. Now, let me go back. Penn State wasn't a hazing situation. That was just plain old sexual assault to young boys. Coach, AD, and school president should all be held accountable, especially if they were made aware of possible inappropriate activities ahead of time, and they simply swept it under the rug. They need to be fully transparent when first notified. You get this. They need to be fully transparent when first notified and open about the results of any investigations. You see, good text right there from the 286. And that's where Northwestern falls horribly short is their little cover-up investigation of, well, we'll look into it. Uh, yeah, I, I asked a couple of questions. I pulled someone into my office. You get two weeks. Uh, you're suspended for this. Is, this is going to look good in the public. Eye. You're suspended for two weeks during the summer. In other words, there was no punishment. And that's why, again, you got to hand it to the young people, the student, the student journalisms, the student journalisms. you got to hand it to the student journalisms like Tanner Hayworth. He's a student journalism at the <laughs> University of Hawaii. you got to hand it to the journalists. They came out and said, no, unacceptable. We know what's going on in her campus, and you just swept it under the rug. I think that was a great job by them. But, yeah, the Northwestern looks so bad in this situation. If you were going to go to Northwestern, maybe you're thinking uh, you're having other thoughts right now. Especially that it apparently has other sports involved with this as well, not just football. And with the texter's text, you know, I, I think it brings up great points, but just kind of what you were saying earlier about the AD uh, and the president, because I don't think the article that came out Saturday was the first time they were aware of this. That might be the first time it was made public, so they have to respond to it. And the school president said he was recently made aware, but I have a feeling he probably knew about this. In a six-month investigation, if they didn't know about it after six months, well, then they should hire the student journalist for the next time they need an investigation instead of that firm, <laughs> because they were they were probably uh, told what to find at the end of this, if that's true. So, again, a sad part of college football, you feel bad for these student-athletes. I, I totally think, you mentioned this earlier, there's going to be lawsuits galore from these players. Uh, I don't know how many are going to be out there now, but I would think they're going to have a, a, a uh -huh. not, not an easy time, but I think they're going to be out there in higher numbers now because of what Northwestern has basically acknowledged. Again, without the denial, firing the coach. And like you said, more and more are going to come out, more and more players at other schools as well. Uh, and hopefully this will put us – not really a stop to it. I think that may be impossible, but slow it down at least. And, may, and you know, the texter also said, don't be naive. Maybe I just didn't want to believe these things go on, but you heard more stories about these, let's say, in the 70s and 80s. I, I would have guessed that this hardly goes on anymore. But then again, it's, we don't really yeah. know firsthand, and maybe well, it goes on way more than we let's, think. Let's hold on a second. Now, if you say that hazing goes on in every university, including the University of Hawaii, you have to ask yourself, okay, what is hazing and what isn't hazing? Or what I, th I believe there's not, it's not black and white. Uh, again, if you have, to, um, you have to buy everybody, I mean, the whole team of Spam Musubi on the way to practice, uh, as a, some form of hazing. That is a form of hazing. But if you're sexually assaulting people in the showers 
and we're just hearing gross stories uh, about what actually happened from former players at Northwestern. That's, you know, you got to draw the line somewhere. All right. Uh, we haven't even gotten to Bob Huggins yet. I said that 15 minutes ago. But uh, Bob Huggins, this is a great story. It'll be somehow on an episode of the, the, the new series, uh, The Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, we'll deal with that coming up next here with the Sports Animals in the Morning on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. We've been talking about this controversy. I want to talk about the two Hilo boys taken in the Major League Baseball draft. The uh, uh, We just got a text, uh, heads up, about a opinion piece from Donna Mercado Kim in the Civil Beat, uh, talking about uh, some things related to UH sports. We'll definitely check that out. Thanks for the heads up. Uh, 808-296-1420, the Zephyr Insurance text line. All right, uh, Bob Huggins. This is straight out of the Lincoln Lawyer. New season available right now. I think it's Netflix. Is that what I'm watching? Netflix? Is that Lincoln Lawyer? I can't anyway, remember what it's on. Uh, it's a very good uh, uh, very good series. But uh, so, okay, so Bob Huggins, um, he's, uh, this was uh, drinking and driving, right? This is not, I'm not, he's broken the law so many times. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep up here. Bob Huggins is drinking and driving. He gets busted, and he says, hey, you know what? Uh, I resign on uh, social media or whatever. And then his wife actually, I guess, wrote an email. I don't know why his wife would do this. His wife wrote an email to the university, and I'm paraphrasing all of this to speed it up. Uh, uh, My husband resigned, uh, you know, all of that. And Bob Huggins, you know, they hired an interim coach and all of that. And everything seemed fine for a couple of days until Bob Hubbins' lawyer called him and said, you didn't sign anything, did you? And he said, well, as a matter of fact, I did not. Why? He said, because you can get some kala out of this whole deal. So Bob Hubbins says, I didn't write a resignation state. I didn't, I didn't write a resignation. I didn't resign. And in the contract, it says, I have to sign the deal. Did I sign anything, University of West Virginia? No, I didn't. Therefore, I am still employed. That's crazy. It makes him look so bad, even more so than he was by doing it this route. And Th- if he, does it? Does oh, it? yeah, because there might already... be of a certain extent, a certain part of the population that says, "Ah, smart guy." He, All he's he, doing—it's a money grab. Well, it's he's a money realizing, grab. okay, you know what? Let me—they're going to fire me. Let me take some, uh, uh, you know, you know, they want to get rid of me. 
Let me take a few million with me on my way out the door. Well, that's the other part. I would imagine he'd get fired with cause. I mean, there's got to be something in his contract about getting arrested. Right. Might, so I would, I, 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 I'm curious if he would be able to get anything out of it if he is fired as opposed to resigning, which he claims he didn't. But if that's the truth, either you are at fault, Bob Huggins, or your lawyer's really at fault, because why didn't you realize this the day after? ESPN blasted it all over every radio and TV show, every <laughs> newspaper, every website, and only two, three weeks later you're saying this? So you're either ignorant to even notice that or you're lying and it's a money grab either way somebody's at fault they screwed this up and they're making a bad situation well even worse. we haven't heard from bob huggins though well when been, that when that been. happened we haven't bob huggins is now speaking out but why we now? haven't we because he's saying hey look at all this stuff you guys are doing i, I didn't resign but they were doing that three weeks ago why is he wait three weeks to come out because somebody realized too late that, hey, wait a minute, we, like you were saying, they can get something out of it, which, again, makes them look even worse. Somebody's at fault for either lying totally or finding a loophole, which I guess you're entitled to legally, but you should have realized this way back when. Either way, his camp is looking worse. And, again, I admired him as a coach. This, this makes it even a worse situation to me how he's handling it. <laughs> uh, just go away it, and just don't, I mean, but so Give Arnold did that to the University of Hawaii. Give Arnold said that he was you know you you let me go i mean you you broke the rules gib now you're suing the university okay. it's exactly and, the same well thing. it's not the same thing he first of all he did it immediately so it wasn't like they waited three weeks which shows that you know I, I don't care if gib arnold waited three weeks or did it immediately the next day he's doing the same thing he broke I, the rules and he's saying you can't fire me for breaking the rules i'm going to sue he found a loophole and UH had to pay up. Well, he found yeah. in his contract. You can say it's a loophole, but I, that, I don't. I think that's a little bit different. He he did he did something. I guess that was technically illegal, but basically it was more a fine. <laughs> what is technically NCAA. illegal? Because no, wait, because because falsifying a document would only, wouldn't get you that kind of punishment, and that's what started the whole thing. They changed the document to in to be accurate in Stefan Yankovic his transfer his transcripts. And they changed the number, but it was noticed by the, the NCAA was notified because UH let them know, hey, we changed this. Mm. And that's how started the whole thing. And then I remember Gibbs saying, when they come, mm. they go through everything. So they saw something, yeah. they went through everything. So you're giving yeah. a kid an iPad and all that stuff. Again, I don't think it's compared to what Bob The Huggins director of did. operations coaching. Look, and there's a lot of schools that do he, that. I don't care. They're not supposed to. It's not like and a DUI. you got caught. You, you can't like say. You can't say he's cheating. Some might say that's even worse. When it, you know, that you can't say, "Oh, well, everyone's doing it, so I'm going to sue you." No, you're, you're, you, you, it's in black and white what you can do and can't do. Gib Arnold found something in his contract and went, "Ha ha! I can get some money out of this deal." Gib Arnold is Bob Huggins. We'll be right back with our top stories coming up on ESPN Honolulu. couple of minutes after 7 o'clock. Hope you're having a uh, great Tuesday so far. 
top things we're following today on your way in. And uh, we got a couple of Hilo boys, a couple of Vikings taken in the Major League Baseball draft. Congratulations, boys. Not only are they drafted, but they're drafted rather high. So that was really cool to see. The first one was Devin Saltibon by the Philadelphia Phillies. He was in the third round yesterday, number 98 overall. And later on, a Hilo High former player who went to Kansas initially, then to Tennessee, so he was in the College World Series. Maui Ahuna goes in the fourth round to the San Francisco Giants. So, yeah, that is great to have two guys from the same high school, A, from the Big Island, not even Oahu. You know, they have the smaller schools there, supposedly. And uh, they well, they're a lot better really lately high. in baseball. Uh, the neighbor islanders sure are. Uh, so I don't uh, judge the size of the school. They're baseball players on the neighbor islands. Look at all the state championships they've won lately. Really, one of the big stories too is uh, LSU. I think this is the first time this has ever happened. Uh, back to back, first pick and second pick in the MLB draft, both from LSU. The pitcher went first, and the other guy went second. I don't remember who they were, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, they, they. I remember ESPN during the last game of the College World Series predicted that LSU would have one and two and that Florida would have three, four, and five. I don't think that part totally worked out, but those were the two teams playing in the championship. But LSU, obviously, a really strong team, so some people right. predicted that. Congratulations to Vlad Guerrero Jr. He wins the home run derby 16 years after his dad did it. And if you don't think that players are, are uh, excited about winning the home run derby, then you didn't watch the celebration afterwards. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And I, I'm Vlad Guerrero, I'm old enough to remember his father and really liked him a lot. Well, I so think we're all old enough. He's, uh, he only played 16 years ago. <laughs> well, you know, he started even longer. Than Tanner's old enough to remember his dad. I don't know if Tanner's old enough. But, uh, I mean, it's a record that he's the first father and son team uh, to ever win the home run derby. But, again, that never happened where both father and son would be entered but that's a cool fun fact of it that's for sure and i thought he wasn't going to win at the end i thought the hometown guy julio rodriguez was going to come through after that incredible record setting first round of 41 and if you had uh rodriguez and the uh points over pete alonzo in that first round he covered big time 41 <laughs> to whatever alonzo had it wasn't even close so that was kind of cool to see fans obviously in seattle loved it when he was getting up in the home run derby yesterday all right major league baseball all-star game today you can catch the action on espn honolulu yeah national league and american league garrett cole getting his first start for the yankees i didn't think he necessarily had the best numbers but i knew he was an all-star he definitely had a good season and i guess with the way the breast started from pitchers pitching saturday or sunday he gets the nod and that'll be his first time starting the all-star game he's been in an all-star but first time starting hopefully we'll see a little uh shohei magic i think all the fans want to see shohei put on a show at the plate he will not be pitching because of the blister he has mm, makes sense uh victor i don't know if this is big news victor Wembanyama. he's going to sit the rest of the uh, summer league they i guess they saw what they wanted out of him with 27 points and 12 rebounds not sure if that's a headline or not but uh there you go um we were talking about the strange day for college coaches yesterday of course pat fitzgerald now fired after being suspended for two weeks the president went back and said oh yeah uh perhaps uh we didn't um we didn't um you know give them the the punishment didn't fit the crime and then there's bob huggins in fact here's a good uh, i want to get this text kyle thank you for texting in uh and this is what i should have brought up earlier i thought that huggins is currently in rehab that could be why it took a few weeks to get his uh to contest his resignation that's right. All of this is coming from him in rehab. Maybe that's why his wife was the one 
who actually texted in or uh, emailed in to the university. It's possible. We don't know when he went into rehab or when that well, the letter got sent. Oh, yeah, they, right they know the when fact. he – they know well, – you and I don't. But yeah, they yeah, know right. when, I mean, it's yeah, known yeah. when he went into rehab. Yeah, right, they know. But still a, a really weird situation with all the stories that come out after the fact, which was kind of I don't think it's itself. that weird. I think Bob Huggins, he, 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 he got drunk, got busted, and then it was time – you know, he figured, okay, I guess I got to resign, and then he didn't sign anything and went, wait a minute. Uh, I can make some money here. Well, that's unusual. Not weird at you all. It's almost like the that. American way. Well, one thing I want to point out, I know you said this earlier, but I don't, he doesn't have a history of being arrested. He got he got a DUI charge. I don't know if it was dropped or what happened in Cincinnati, and he got the one you know a few weeks ago that he got charged with. But I don't, I don't, he's, not, he's not a guy who's been involved in scandal. Well, I guess, scandal. I guess his, 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 you know, he racist remarks on the radio, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, um, I guess, you know, some people would say that he's not your ideal human being. Let's move on. We did get a text, and thank you for the heads up. Uh, Honolulu Civil Beat has uh, something that came out yesterday. Um, it's a, an opinion piece, if you will, from uh, Donna Mercado Kim. It's really long. But what sticks out to me is basically uh, Donna Mercado Kim Uh, starts this with saying, while I tend to be reluctant to speak to reporters because my comments are often misinterpreted or taken out of context, what the Civil Beats report that they had about the final budget leaving UH treading water, she says, it merits a response. In fact, your focus, she writes, on the University of Hawaii was just such an example of something being taken out of context. The UH was just one of many state agencies seeking money from the 2023 legislature. Well, yeah, I think we all kind of knew that. But the um, it goes on to talk about technical things with a uh, CIP budget and all a bunch of stuff that I don't understand. Um, but she writes here, here's where the civil beat was wrong. You reported... That the UH's renew, improve, modernize request for two years was for $140 million, of which $60 million in cash was granted. You failed to note that the UH rated $9 million of its RIM money last year, I don't know what that is, for a temporary stadium at Ching Field to accommodate football. <laughs> well, why did they have to do that? You left them with no stadium. She fails to mention that. Let's put this into context. She goes on to write, UH has now prioritized an additional 5,000 seats of the stadium, costing more than $30 million this year, of which Governor Josh Green is subsidizing $20 million from a $200 million discretionary account, uh, discretionary account allotted by the legislature. UH is getting 5,000 seats. I gave them the money. That's what that says. I, I, I. So instead of spending money on the Al Fresco study areas or solar rooftop panels it covets, that's a little smirky, the UH has chosen to spend close to $40 million for a temporary football stadium rather than seeking a waiver from the NCAA, 
Stop right there. Put on the brakes. Donna Mercado Kim. I wish this was Saturday Night Live. And I could say, Jane, you ignorant blank. Okay, first of all, the money is not just for the stadium. The money is for all the, the soccer fields and the track and all of that for the student-athletes. Number two, what she's really, when you say $40 million for a temporary stadium, like they're going to use it for two years and throw it away. Donna Mercado Kim, you and I and Gary Dickman and people, we're going to be long gone by the time that permanent stadium is built. It's not a temporary stadium if you look at it that. This is a lifetime stadium for me. Sometimes when people, I've heard this before, you might be in your, oh, I don't know, 75 years old, and you buy a brand new car. And you say, well, this is the last car I'm going to own. (laughs) And it usually is. This is the last stadium a lot of people are going to see. The reason they have to build a stadium is because you didn't fund the old one. Because, as my five-year-old granddaughter would say, you were angry at the school president. And you took it out on the you took it out on the sports program. So, the the football stadium you call temporary cannot get a waiver forever from the NCAA. This is a fact. They're not going to grant you a waiver for the next fifteen years until our stadium is built. I don't think I'm taking anything out of context here. DMK? <laughs> I, you know, that's just a, that's just off the top. Uh, but check out the piece, Honolulu Civil Beat, uh, dot, uh, excuse me, civilbeat.org. Sorry, civilbeat.org, and just scroll down to the bottom to the opinion pieces there. A couple of things when I think her choice of words I have a problem with, because there's been a lot of people, and I think I'm on that as well in recent months or years, that she really has it in for UH, more so UH athletics, for whatever the reasons might be. When she worded that line saying that they mm, rated I, 9 no, no, million. I, I think it's UH in general. It's not okay. just the athletic program. We just pay attention to okay. the athletic stuff. But she could have used a word that you failed to note that UH requested $9 million. But when you say rated, you're putting a negative concept so to speak with how, what UH did I don't like that word the other part when she said they rather than seeking a waiver I think she's under the she's not aware that they already got waivers so she's not really informed on everything that's gone on she's making it sound like hey go seek a waiver that it'll work you don't no, need you don't need it no no but, you have to have at least 15,000 in division I know, I know one this. football I don't so think what she I'm getting realizes. at what I'm no no she does it's we're going to have 15,000 seats so that's not, what she's saying is don't build the state to 15,000, keep it at 9,000 and request a waiver. You can't have a waiver. You can't do a 10-year waiver with the NCAA. I know. My, okay. my, my way of looking at that is I don't think she's aware that they've already got a waiver. Now, in, I don't want to, I'm not defending her at all. The point she brings up later on about some of the things that are really in need at UH, she does have a point there. It's not just athletics, and I know obviously we're in the sports. Everybody listening is probably big sports fans, but there, if she's accurate, if those things that she mentioned about the cancer center and other dorms and things like that that have really had problems getting maintained, she does have a slight point there. And I don't know how you'd balance that to be 
there. We know athletics can help in a lot of other ways as well. But I, I think total. I, it seemed like she has an agenda. I think I'll end it with that. Okay, where are you going from other things need to be improved? Okay, what she talks about. The, the dorms. Bo- the dorms are in badly need of repairs. Um, they are? That, that she, so I'm saying if, she, what she, if what she writes is accurate, uh, there's a power outage, rat, uh, rat infestation, as she writes. Um, oh, wow. There's a student <laughs> housing that has um, they have dorm repairs that go wanting, as she says it. So, right. uh, again, I think and she that, has a slight that's point true. that it's not just athletics. There are other things there as well. I'm not defending right. her, but I think she does but, have a point with that. Well, she has a point with – There's a, I mean, let's look at the state capitol building. What was the big headline in the Honolulu Star Advertiser yesterday? You get the newspaper. What did it say? I don't remember yesterday. What was it regarding? Well, I know the it was pay- regarding the state capitol. They can't keep that. The, they, they can't put oh, the, the pools. water in the front of the state capitol because they haven't been able to do it for years. Wherever you go, there's problems. You know, don't say, oh, UH has the problems, but nobody else does. 808-296-1420. Now, with the fu- here's a, something else here. With funding from the legislature, and this isn't just sports, that's why I say. With funding from the legislature, in other words, with funding from me, the UH is uh, converting Sinclair Library into a student center. But that project is now over budget and overdue. Well, that never happens with big projects, does it, Gary? <laughs> it always. <laughs> Wee! Let's ride an 11-mile journey on the rail. Whoopee! The UH established a pharmacy school at Hilo, but enrollment hovers below 50%, despite recent investments like a new $31 million building. I don't understand how you can put that on the University of Hawaii. West Oahu, West Oahu, University of Hawaii at West Oahu is a great campus. My daughter went there for a year, the first year it opens. Beautiful. Brand new state-of-the-art labs and things like that. And um, it says uh, new buildings, including a health science building at West Oahu, are rarely used because more than 65% of its students are taking online classes and enrollment has dropped below 3,000. This is coming from the people who refuse to build dorms out at West Oahu. If you build dorms, they will come. Remember, West Oahu is in the middle of nowhere. No, no offense to people in Eva Beach and Kapolei. I know I'm in your in your area. What I'm getting at is... If you would rather, it makes sense to take online classes if they're available. Do you know why? Because you can cheat. I'm just joking. (laughs) But people will take online classes. If you can work remotely, a lot of people choose to work remotely. It's the same thing. If I can take online classes, it's much more convenient to do it at home. Don't blame them for building for the for the whole process. Good point. I I I I I. I'm gonna I'm gonna gack, and we'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu, ninety-two point seven FM and fourteen twenty AM. 
Oh, this whole thing is ruining National Free Slurpee Day. Put me in a foul mood. Thank you guys for your texts and calls at 808-296-1420. The Zephyr Insurance text line is there for you. Or you can call in like Jim did. Hi, Jim. Good morning. Hey, Chris. Hey, Gary. How's it going? Hey, hey Jim. Jim. <laughs> hey, I wanted to bring, talk about the Donna Mercado Kim thing, but I wanted to bring up something. A couple weeks ago when you were having your, your throat problems, you know, that... Um, Oh, me? I think, yeah. I yeah, think yeah, their, yeah, female, yeah. their female audience went up 100% because they thought Barry White was on the radio with Gary. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah, half that, the audience yeah, doesn't even know yeah, who Barry that, White is anymore. Yeah, Consider yourself lucky. Deep, You'll never yeah, find. <laughs> yeah, you get that deep voice. <laughs> no, mm. but anyway, uh, is it a sick thing when you read stuff like that? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's just, there's just, there's just an, like Gary said, there's just an agenda and we're all, yeah. we're all just too stupid to realize it. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. I, I wonder if where the, uh, this happens other places where you have certain politicians who are fighting against the university, you know, trying yeah. to chop out their legs from under them and everything they do that doesn't yeah, benefit yeah. anybody. Yeah. Well, you figure, look at about 15 years ago, they could see what was happening to a lot of stadiums. They didn't fund money to maintain or anything. So that's what happened. You know, they should have been thinking about building the thing about 15, 20 years ago already. Right. So we, can't the even get the, we can't even get the old thing uh, yeah. torn down yet. Yeah. And the problem with, with uh, Hawaii legislature is, they, they love to build stuff, but they don't know how to maintain stuff. That's, you that's know, the problem. See, that's Mufi. You know? That was that was the one yeah. thing I take away from, and, and this is not a political statement. You can't say you're for Mufi or against Mufi. What I'm saying is I remember one thing that Mufi, and I've never heard anyone do this. I guess when he was, I don't know if he was running for mayor or governor or whatever. He's run for every office. <laughs> but when he, when he came out and said, yeah, we can build it, but can you maintain it? That's the question. Look at what they did at, on Nimitz Highway when, uh, I can't remember, when some world conference was here. And they, the, all the, all the, uh, well, yeah, they, they the median the strips. Guys on the road. <laughs> right. And they, they, they the, me, the median strips, they made really nice and transplanted coconut trees and looked right. beautiful for a <laughs> <Yep>. month. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why Hawaii City reminds me of um, Seinfeld. You know, Seinfeld, when, we, when you didn't have the, he had the rental cars. The reservation and they didn't hold this one. He said, "He said, you guys know how to take the reservation, but you yes, don't know how yes. to hold the reservation." Which is the most important <laughs> part of the reservation. The hold is yeah. the most important. The I actually had that happen to be in an airline. Came the same line. Yeah, yeah. Right on. But uh, she cannot be griping about you know going from nine thousand seats to fifteen thousand seats. They're the guys that put UH in that position, and it's a it's a miracle that they even built the thing. Right, oh, and you, apps, you know, you also, you also need, you also need more people in the seats at Aloha Stadium so that you can generate more money for all yeah. the athletic programs. That's yeah. why you yeah. need to have yeah. more seats. That's why you raided the fund when you could have just asked for a waiver. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of That's things that she. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't think she's that stupid, though. I don't think no. she's that dumb. No. I think she thinks we're all that dumb that's the problem yeah, a lot of people yeah, have yeah she has but a lot of authority is, and she's yeah. using it mm. the, the problem is those higher education committee guys like uh, Dela cruz her you know the mm. 
Kidani and you know some yeah. of the other ones. They they got it in for the President Lasner, who I think is doing with what he got. I think he did a terrific job doing COVID. You know, mm-hmm. you know. So I, right. I don't know why. I don't know why, but uh, this one needed to call. I wanted to call in a long time already. But yeah. Finally, finally got to the point where you pushed me over the edge. <laughs> Happy belated birthday. Wasn't it your birthday the other day? Oh, yeah, July 3rd. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My Happy mom birthday. That, uh, yeah, instead of coming out with a bang, I came out with a, you know, <laughs> on July 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, have a good one, Jim. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Jim. All right, that's our guy, a long time, a former winner of the Ultimate Sports Trivia Challenge yep. uh, back in the day. By the way, speaking of the of that, uh, Bobby Curran, we should mention that Bobby Curran's going to return to the radio coming up in a couple of weeks here. He'll be uh, um, starting out slow. He's been out for a while, but he'll be on from 6 to 7 a.m. So I think we can break that uh, th- that news on the 24th is when you'll get him. But, uh, great news. Great news for yep. him and us. <laughs> yep. Um. So one what of the things great news I'm not for sure. Us. Well, we get to wake up an hour later, maybe. Well, I'll still wake up at the same time. I'm used to. I've been doing waking up. At, I've been waking up at that hour for a while. Now I won't be able to. Won't be able to stay in bed. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I uh, uh, got a text here at 808-296-1420. It says, uh, "Chris, you'll never find as Lou Rawls, not Barry." That's right. You'll never find. That's right. Here's how old I am. When I started out on in radio on 69 KKUA as a high school intern, that was playing on the radio. Uh, says Donna Mercado Kim, the text goes on to say, Donna Mercado Kim says, Josh Green subsidized. No, the taxpayers subsidized. Thank you for that text. Uh, we got one that says, yay, Bobby. We're talking about two different things here. Um, the Zephyr Insurance text line is open. We got a guest uh, talking Mountain West Conference football coming up in a moment too. This one says, as long as people like her remain in office, it's going to be difficult for UH to get the support from the state that it needs. People like her see athletics as an expense rather than a revenue generating opportunity. I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do. But as far as being on the, I get the part of the legislature that gets to say yes or no to UH, how long does that last? That's not, that's separate from her just getting elected to office. So does she have to get elected to this committee to be when the Senate hearings and to approve all this money that's going to whoever? It, that would be separate. So you know how that works as far as getting voted or put on that committee? Uh, no, I don't. Um. But we could certainly find out. There's a computer right there in front of you. Oh, it's only a toy. <laughs> There's another inside go joke from Gary Dickman. Gary doesn't own a computer. Gary owns an iPad. And Chris thinks and I, it's a I toy. hate it. Because he, he refuses to use punctuation in his emails. You oh, want wait, this, wait, wait. You want this to all come out now. Wait a you minute. You want everyone to know. Okay, you did it. You set yourself up in an email Look, yesterday. Chris said uh, this is gate. <laughs> well, that's a typo. That's something else. Same thing. I re- I use punctuation. I even use emojis and smiley faces sometimes. You don't even sign your emails. You don't have to use punctuation because you don't sign them. You just put a sentence there and that's it. Because they're informal emails between you and I. True, when but that's not punctuation. I actually have a signature line that I use. And I know you don't know what a signature line is, 
But you can Google that on your toy. Well, let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Okay. Let's get back to it. Uh, Donna Mercado Kim is a troublemaker. Everyone should just stop voting for her. Oh, no. I vote for her because I don't recognize the other names. Oh, can you retext this, Patrick, please? It says DMK, track record, airport management conflict with Greenwood. Is it Greenwood? I would think so. Her son's application. Yes. Okay. I don't know what that means. Well, everyone's texting in that she's mad. Uh, This is another one. Thank you from the 228. Mercado Kim hates UH because many years ago she publicly criticized UH for not accepting her son into the UH law school. Then when the facts came out, it was determined that the son did not apply. Oh, talk about make A. Oh, that's the first time I've heard that in a long time. Oh, brother, you make A. We had heard Favela in all of this. <laughs> we had it's, heard that uh, statement several times over the years about her and her son. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna. I don't know. Anything I don't know about if it's it, true. So I'm, I'm not gonna confirm or deny that happened. I just know that people t- tell us yeah. about that. I don't know if it's true. All right. Well, all right. Get out and enjoy a Slurpee today. Calm down, everybody. And if you know where the che- which Seven Eleven has the cherry Slurpee, <laughs> can you let Gary Dickman know because he wants to save a dollar thirty nine. We'll be back with Jackson Moore from 27-4 uh, Sports. You see what you wrote there, Gary? 27. <laughs> Look at your email. Okay. It's 24-7 Sports, yet you wrote 27-4 Sports. I think you're seeing things. <sighs> Tanner will confirm, and we'll be back on ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> Hey, before we uh, bring on Jackson Moore here from 24-7 Sports, we're going to talk Mountain West football. I uh, want to remind you that uh, you can uh, check out our uh, website or our YouTube channel for Athletes, starring Cole Mausoff. Uh, this episode features Kana Iakana, and uh, they're hanging out at Asahi Grill in Kaimuki. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. And we are going to talk Mountain West football and recruiting. We saw some interesting uh, news on Twitter the other day regarding this. So joining us now on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline is with 24-7 Sports, talking college football, more specifically the Mountain West, Jackson Moore. Jackson, great to have you on. And we talk about, you know, 24-7 Sports and some of the other recruiting services and their ratings and their stars. Can you tell us, first of all, how do you determine who would be a three-star football player versus a four-star football player yeah so um well first thanks for having me on and uh you know we have a, a deep team of scouts at 24 7 sports it's a combination of seeing these recruits in person and, and watching the film and you know, their general recruiting resumes and you know, i think um especially at 24 7 sports we have a, a big presence on the west coast and are able to get out to hawaii a few times a year and, and see some of those players in action live so um it's just the whole combination of those types of things. And, um, you know, you'll see in the Mountain West, you'll typically have the three-star recruits, but it'll range from 80 to 89 in our scores. So you get an even closer look at where exactly they fit into that three-star scale. 
We mentioned yesterday on the show what you had as far as Hawaii for 2024, and we'll get into that. But for this upcoming season, for 2023, camps will open up in just a few weeks for everybody. Where do you have Hawaii ranked in the Mountain West for this upcoming season? Yeah, um, it's not in the top three like they are for, for 2024. Um, you know, if you look at just the recruiting rankings, Hawaii is sitting at 10th right now in the Mountain West. But if you do factor in um, – the transfers, you know, that also boosts their score a bit. Um, you know, they're actually ranked fifth in, in just the recruiting side of things. But, um, you know, a lot of the transfers uh, were some underrated guys that didn't get a lot of points for the, the ratings. So um, I think you're seeing a big jump from year one to year two for Timmy Chang and what they're doing right now. We're talking with Jackson Moore from 24-7 Sports, talking Mountain West and Hawaii football recruiting with the sports animals on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. And I might be putting you on the spot with this, but as far as the players coming in for this year's team, the new players, what, who, who stands out to you? Who do you think we should keep our eyes on? Um, you know, I, you always look at the junior college and transfer players first just because, of, of course, they've got the experience, they're a bit older, and they have more expectations on them. I know Justin Sinclair is a, a player I interviewed just about four or five years ago, it feels like, back in high school over here uh, close to the Bay Area, and I, I think he's ready to make an impact. I think, um, you know, from the transfer ranks, um, you know, Patrick Hisataki is a guy I saw at Cal. He's one that you know, I feel like had a very high trajectory to be a Power 5 player and um, didn't quite – work his way in at Cal, so I think it's just a matter of time before he makes an impact uh, on UH's D-line. Um, I know Damata Pico Jr. is a player we, is the highest rated recruit we have uh, for 24-7 sports in this class from the high school ranks out of Calabasas, so um, you know, there's definitely some gems, but the class is so deep. I mean, they're bringing in more than 30 newcomers. I think you're going to see a lot of players um, out of that class that maybe you don't have high rankings, especially when you look at some of the, the junior college players and some of the locals that maybe uh, didn't have high ratings. Uh, you typically see a bunch of those guys just jump out off the page compared to where they were rated uh, in the, the rankings. We saw again the tweet talking about 2024, and you had Hawaii third behind UNLV and Colorado State. Obviously, you saw a number of Bishop Gorman players coming over uh, for 2024. So give us your thoughts on those players coming here from that prestigious program and overall how Hawaii's class looks as of right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always a bonus when you recruit from those types of schools. Just the expectation level is so much higher, and the competition is so high, and I look at Michael Alejado and Devon Rice and you know, two very, very productive players and guys that are you know, doing that against some of the nation's best and putting up big numbers and um, just kind of being undervalued, I think, on the recruiting radar just because of size. Alejado is not the tallest quarterback by any means. We've got him at 5'10". Uh, Rice as well, a shorter running back at 5'9". and flying under the radar a little bit. So I, I think those are exactly the type of players you want to score when you're in the Mountain West. Uh, they've got all the pieces to be big-time Mountain West players and uh, overperform. Even, I mean, Rice has the 86 rating uh, in the composite rate scores. I mean, he's as close to a four-star as you're probably going to see in this class, but uh, still doesn't have a, a whole lot of huge offers. Um, and then I think what the big thing, the, the reason why this class is rated in the top three right now in the Mountain West is what they've done locally, which is 
about unprecedented right now. I mean, to have this many commits locally that are rated this high this early, it just we haven't seen it in so long, if, if ever, from as long as I've been covering the team and their, their recruiting side. So um, I, I think what Timmy Chang is doing and his staff is really resonating locally. They've uh, not only been getting players that maybe they offered first, but they're getting guys that have other offers, even Power 5 offers on the table. So um, you know, if they can add a few more, uh, they can carry this momentum uh, through the end of the cycle. All right, on Jackson Moore from 24-7 Sports uh, with the Animals here. Now, UNLV is number one. Well, what are they doing? Why all of a sudden are people going to UNLV? <laughs> well, a big part of the ratings, which kind of makes it incomplete at this stage, is uh, class volume is going to play a part. So UNLV has 15 commit. Colorado State has 14. So um, their total score of the class is going to be quite a bit higher. Um, you know, the, the distance from Hawaii to other programs is not large. There's a lot of schools that have eight, five, six commits or so uh, that are in Hawaii's range, but the Rainbow Warriors commits are, are rated a bit higher. Um, but for UNLV, you know, they've been getting a higher clip of commits than um, you know, what Colorado State is as far as them being higher, higher rated. Uh, there's a big gap between those two schools in the ratings. And, um, you know, I, I think what they've been doing with their new staff is they've been recruiting down south a bit, you know, or – in the Midwest, they've got a lot of commits out of Texas, Missouri, Oklahoma, um, you know, Kansas. They're tapping into some areas that probably the Mountain West isn't really competing with uh, for a lot of these guys. And um, I think just the veteran coaching staff with some SEC experience is uh, putting together something good so far. Mm. Right on. The uh, um, I was going to say Dominic Riola. Dylan Riola is the number one recruit overall in the class of 2024. We're interested in him. Uh, his family is from uh, Hawaii. And uh, talk to, for folks that don't know about Dylan, because we've never seen him play, he grew up on the mainland there. T- tell us a little bit about Dylan Riola. Yeah, well, um, he recently made the move out to Georgia, another move. And so he's going to get his chance to play pretty close to where he's heading to college. He's committed to the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, we've got him as our number one player nationally. The Blitz, of course, would also make him the number one quarterback in this class. He's going to a high school that uh, has pretty routinely turned out top-ranked players. I know their quarterback from two years ago is at Stanford right now and is competing for the starting job uh, when they come to UH in uh, August, September, this, later this year. Um, no, I mean, Raola had offers to pretty much anywhere he wanted to turn down Alabama, um, Michigan, Miami, Notre Dame, Texas, <laughs> USC, uh, all the, the schools <laughs> you would imagine he'd have the offers from. It's, it uh, sounds like the conversation we had when Manti Teo was uh, uh, picking schools. But <laughs> is, he a, is he like a um, – is he a drop-back guy? Is he more of an athletic quarterback? Um, you know, he's got a little bit of both to him. You know, he, he's got good size at six foot three, and, and he's got him at two thirty actually as well. So um, he's got the size to sit in the pocket. He doesn't have to you know, dart around or anything like that. Um, but uh, I think right now at this stage, what stands out about him is that he's just really comfortable back there, um, and that he can be in the pocket or he can get out and, and scramble a little bit too if he needs to. He doesn't need to find passing lanes, is uh, what you're saying. The, uh, I, I just got Tanner, our um, our uh, um, producer, just sent us a text. He says, 
And um, if you're familiar with Four Star Edge, Anelu Lafaele. Oh, that's Michael Lafaele's boy, Gary? Yes. This is small town radio. That's how they say, oh, that's so-and-so's son. Uh, (laughs) He's from Farrington, and he is announcing where he's committing today at 12 noon Hawaii time uh, in his top four, Hawaii, Wisconsin, Washington, and Arizona State. Are you familiar with him? Yes, and, you know, He's one that, if you follow him on social media, it feels like UH has a real chance here. I know on 24-7 Sports, we've got some crystal ball predictions got, having him going to Wisconsin, and uh, there's some that, that feel pretty confident about that. Uh, those predictions did go in in early June, so, you know, cross your fingers that uh, things have changed since then. But, you know, you look at him on Twitter, and he's posting all about UH. He had a great time on his official visit, from what I can tell. Uh, has really been pumping up the other guys that he visited with that did commit to UH. and um, it, it seems like he's the guy that they've done just about everything they can do and is gettable. And you know, maybe if UH misses on him today, it's something that if he ever enters the portal, UH would at least be at the top of that list. But you know, yeah. kind of fingers crossed here that they they pull it off today. And at least he's in the con- at least the Hawaii is in the conversation when you're talking about a four star guy, so that's pretty cool. His dad, by the way, was a defensive lineman for uh, University of Hawaii back in the day, back in the Sugar Bowl days. Yeah, you have one more, Gary? Okay. All right. Uh, well, gosh, Jackson, this has been great. We'd love to have you on from time to time. We appreciate you and your work that you do, and we'll be following you. Thank you. Thanks, Jackson. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, that was fun. Jackson Moore from 24-7 Sports on Mountain West Conference Football. Yeah, I knew that uh, Michael Lafaele's son was good, but, man, that's really good. My advice to you, if you're listening, young man, is why would you want to go to Wisconsin? It's cold over there. (laughs) You know what you do? Find out where they don't have hazing. Go to that school. That's <laughs> yeah, my right. advice to you. It's 749 here in the Aloha State with Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. Uh, more on, gosh, we'll go back to your texts, I guess, on the Zephyr Insurance text line. Oh, there's a lot going on. Pat Fitzgerald is fired. Donna Mercado Kim is going off on Civil Beat. Oh, what a great national 7-Eleven free Slurpee day we're having. If you're a little stressed out, stop by 7-Eleven and pick up a Slurpee for free today on 7-Eleven. Traffic check and more coming up with the animals on ESPN Honolulu. I got a text. Zephyr Insurance text line. 24-7 guy is not up to date. Domata Pecco Jr. was released from his um, uh, his commitment. Yeah. Right. And yeah, we, we yeah, we saw that, but I didn't want to interrupt the guy and go, You're wrong. But he was a it was a good information on the other guys. I mean, he's uh we'll find out at noon where uh, uh Anelu Lafaele is gonna go. That'd be pretty good to get him here. He's you know what? He's got to be. He's got to be way bigger than his dad. Michael Lafaele is well. After football, you see some of these guys, Olin Krutz and uh, people like that. They shrink. Michael Lafaele has shrunken a lot. 
he's shed like 100 pounds since his playing days, I think. But uh, anyway, uh, let's see. We only got a couple of seconds in this segment, and I don't want to start with Donna Mercado Kim. We'll get that in our uh, next one coming up in a sec. Uh, here's something very cool. Uh, Tim Tebow now owns a minor league hockey team in Lake Tahoe. I saw that. Yeah, way to go, Tim. That's awesome. Great sport. Um, yeah, it's you know it's entertainment. It goes along with great sports like professional wrestling and, and roller derby and things like that. Those two words go together, professional and wrestling? Yes, because they're professional. They get paid. But uh, so they don't have a it, – it's going to be in Tahoe. It's a part of this uh, whatever league, the ECLHL League. It used to be the Eastern Hockey League. I don't know if it stands for that because they're kind of west. Yeah, so well, they're expanding west. So they used to have a Lake Tahoe team, but they they don't anymore But not because no one really cares about hockey in the area. But uh, they will because – Oh, Tim you tell Tebow, that to people in Las Vegas. No, I'm talking about in, in because they've already had a team that went out of business in Lake Tahoe, is what I'm telling you, Gary. So, but anyway, so they don't have a a, a team name or anything. The teams. So, I think no they teams. should be called the Gators. The Gators. Cool. <laughs> Although there are no Gators in Lake Tahoe. Hopefully right, not. Uh, top things you need to know coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. This is fun. Civilbeat.org, the place to go to see uh, Donna Mercado's Kim's retort to one of their articles. Uh, it's at the, uh, just scroll to the bottom. Uh, it's on their community voice section. Um, <laughs> says, uh, UH judgment is determining priorities is flawed. That's the uh, title of this. Boy, she came out with a guns ablazing. There was an article that the Civil Beat guys wrote and said, final budget leaves UH treading water. She says, I guess she couldn't stand by long enough. First of all, she says she's reluctant to speak to reporters because, uh, um, you know, what she says is misinterpreted or taken out of context. We'll get to more of that coming up. That's really one of the big things we're following this morning. Also, a couple of Hilo boys taken in the Major League Baseball draft. That was a good thing yesterday. Yeah, it's great to see that, especially with that's only the second day of the draft. The draft will continue today. But Maui Ahuna from Hilo High, then he went to Kansas and Tennessee. Uh, he gets drafted in the fourth round by San Francisco and in the third round by Philadelphia, also out of Hilo High, and just recently out of Hilo High, like a month ago or so. Uh, Devin Saltibond gets drafted by the Philadelphia say Eagles. Philly with a 98th pick overall, third-round draft pick. Pretty cool. Right, the slot so- for him is 685000 for number 98 well the 685 is for uh yeah saltabon was picked first right yeah yeah and then how much for uh ahuna 585,000 it's something like that yeah uh, it's, in the, the it's in the it's in the it's in the um i believe it's scoring live or in the newspaper uh let's see major league baseball all-star game is today uh you can catch the action on espn honolulu 
Yeah, Garrett Cole going for the, I'm going to say the Yankees, but for the American League. And I know a lot of eyes are going to be on Shohei Otani. Hopefully he'll get more than one at bat. You uh, you have to, you, you try to play everybody, but you can't. And uh, hopefully we'll get a lot of guys in action. The roster's a bit expanded, but I think Shohei hitting a home run with the first half. He has had 32 homers, 71 RBI. Will he be an angel in a month? We don't know, but he's one today. And I know a lot of fans are going to have their eyes on him. Yeah, there's a uh, article out, and we're not going to have time to get to it today, but uh, Shohei Otani is reiterating he wants to go to a winning team. He wants to win a championship and make $600 million. Uh, Let's see, we've gone over Bob Huggins trying to find a loophole in his contract so he can get some money out of West Virginia. Northwestern fires their football coach, Pat Fitzgerald. And all this hazing thing, I really think uh, more people are going to come out uh, come out of the woodwork and report hazing at their different schools. We'll watch for that. But back to the civilbeat.org, the article, uh, the retort from Donna Mercado Kim. You guys can text in on the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. So, uh, again, she, she doesn't like to speak to reporters. She says because she's misinterpreted or a lot of what she says is taken out of context. Or is it just because you're just so much smarter than, um, if you, are you just so much smarter than uh, all of the people that you're talking to? She uh, wants to control the situation, and she was on our show a little over a year ago in How January. did she open that conversation? Yes, uh, before, like the day or two before the Senate hearings, and before we got to get a question answered, she made it clear that we asked her to come on the show. And I mean, I, we were, Chris and I, I think, were looking at each other like, why would she have to say that? Why would she feel the need to say that? But she wanted to make it clear let me, let that me ex- we... Let me, ex- let me expand on that. What she did is right out of the bat, almost interrupting us, saying, I just want everyone to know that I was asked to be on this show. I did not ask to be here. And it was like, okay, that sets a tone for the conversation. But you know what? I'll give it to her for coming on the show. Again, yes, yeah, she, she, she doesn't have to come on the show, and she she doesn't do a lot of interviews because, for whatever reason, she don't want to look. She don't want to be questioned on things. As a public servant, you were exactly that. You were voted in to serve me. A lot of the career politicians don't look at it that way. So we talked a, a lot about what's in this uh, long piece that she wrote in for uh, to the civil civil beat. But she summarizes it with this. First, the University of Hawaii is just one of many state agencies asking for money. There simply isn't enough to grant every request in full. Consider also that the public schools and UH already account for 31% of the state budget. Oh, thank you for enlightening me. I thought I did not know there were other agencies out there requesting for money. Every politician seems to run for office and say, the keiki are our future. It's all about the kids. It's having the best schools and raising them up. Yet when the DOE asks you for money, you short them. Isn't the future important? Apparently not. We move on. Second, the regents and UH president are responsible for their lump sum appropriations and must do a better job working with the faculty, deans, 
students, and the community college, colleges to get their priorities in order. See, there's a problem. There, uh, to me, that's an opinion thing. They probably think their priorities are in order. You don't. You don't have the job that they have. What do you know about what their priorities should be? You are on the outside looking in. The legislature, which has oversight responsibilities for the entire state, is not a rubber stamp, and there are constituencies other than UH leadership that alert us to needed projects overlooked by the administration. Finally, as public officials, the UH administration, beginning with the president, his administrators, and the Board of Regents are obligated to exercise fiscal discipline, courage, courage. What, the, what, the, what does that mean? We need, more, we need you, Mr. Lassner, to show some courage. <laughs> what am I watching, The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> uh, they're ex- obligated to exercise fiscal discipline, courage, prudence. She's President Bush the first. The first wouldn't be prudent. Not gonna do it. It's a thousand points of light, uh, and better communication with the legislature, and they must be held accountable for their decisions. Last time I checked, the poisoning of the Red Hill water system happened in Donna Mercado's Kim uh, Donna Mercado Kim's neighborhood, did it not? It did. It did. We indeed. didn't hear her say much about anything. It was the accountability there. It's not her fault, but I get that. But where were you? At least Kurt Favela. I'm about to say something good about Kurt Favela, even though he don't need no cheerleader. Kurt Favela would have been out in front of it and been talking to his constituents. Look, when you're talking about better communication, how about you communicate with the rest of us, Donna Mercado Kim? More times than, okay, whoever wrote this article in Civil Beat, it got me really mad, so I'm going to write something back. This thing is filled with so many holes. But, hey, you know what? But if you guys in whatever area she's in, the IAEA, Red Hill, whatever, if you guys like her, then go ahead and vote her. I I get it. But don't vote for these politicians because it's the only name on the ballot you know. Because when you look at your ballot and you you think to yourself, how great is it to live in Hawaii? Well, I mean, it's great. We've got nice weather. Uh, housing is amongst the most expensive. You've got uh, more native Hawaiians living on the mainland than you have living in Hawaii. I think there's a problem with that. A nice train system. Hundreds of, we've got an 11-mile rail system that you got going for you. We've got, we got crooked politicians. They're getting, you know, stealing money left and right. And, and so, okay, so how can you fix things when they aren't going well? My suggestion might be don't keep voting the same the policymakers in time after time after time. Maybe it'll change. It might be okay to not vote for somebody who looks like you or somebody who you just recognize. And the part of the problem, too, is because of these career politicians on the way they get voted in, people of quality don't want to run for office. That's a whole other problem. Oh, my gosh. I should be thinking about free Slurpees today at 7-Eleven instead us how you of really Donna feel. Mercado Kim. <laughs> Woo. 
And again, it's one thing to be elected to office. Maybe there are things that go on in her district that we're not aware of. Okay, like you said, keep want to vote him in, but. The things, the, the committee she is on where it affects the University of Hawaii, that's what we're really keen on. Although Red Hill, obviously, is something that she wasn't very publicly accountable for, that's for sure. But for the University of Hawaii, for whatever the name of the committee is, again, for her and some of the other legislators, why is she continuously on that? And that's I'll try to find out uh, uh, if I can find out more about how that works as far as the voting process, how you get appointed or whatever that is. But it would be great to see her off of that committee because I'd like to see what other people in, this, in a similar situation who are not named Donna Mercado Kim would do for the University of Hawaii. And, again, I think part of it is like, if we're expecting her to just give Hawaii everything they need as far as athletics, that's probably not, would have, probably not feasible to happen. But it seems like she's already got, a, again, an agenda – uh, I don't know what the reasons are. Definitely, we hear some of the talk about things that have gone on, but she does not seem to be working with the University of Hawaii. And you would think in most situations like this, you'd work hand in hand. But it doesn't work that way, Gary. But it, You're saying she's not working with the University of Hawaii. She's She is so above everybody else. The whole University of Hawaii needs to work with her. That's the whole that's the whole uh, that's the whole vibe of this column she wrote here. But it seemed like she's not that's working. The whole, to, that's to the whole them. vibe of what she's getting at is you guys aren't working with me. And that's the problem, I think. I, I, I don't know, you know, she might be right. She might be right about some of the things like, hey, they're not thinking. The turning the Sinclair Library into a student center is not a good idea. Now, you know, I'm sorry to people who believe in the Dewey Decimal System, but I'm guessing that a lot of people get their information online and not from necessarily hard books as much as they used to. Of course. So I'm guessing that's why it's like, let's use this space right. in a more creative way. Now, the students, she hears, don't doesn't like it. What students? The students are calling your office? You're walking the campus and talking to students about Sinclair Library? I doubt it. Doubt it. And I think also since COVID, as we know, like you said earlier, too, a lot of people have done things remotely. So probably people online with online classes have continued to do that, even though you can attend in person now. It's just yeah. been more convenient for people in certain situations, of course. But, again, the working together part, it just doesn't seem like, even though she's above and she can feel that way, that, you know, they, they answer to me and all that, it doesn't seem like she's had the university's best interests. At hand. And I don't know everything involved, I'll acknowledge that, but from everything we've seen, and some of the things have been consistent about her not wanting to help, and even her own words in that column at the Civil Beat, it just doesn't seem like she's interested in making things better for the University of Hawaii and working with them, which is, again, something that's pretty bad for somebody in that position, I would think. Uh, we got a text I don't understand. It's somebody who always uh, purposely spells Punahou with an E at the end. Uh, Aloha, guys. Why do you think Punahou School puts out good people? They invest in the school and students. Oh, they invest in the invest, school and think, students. Yeah. Okay, they, <laughs> they invest in the school and students. Well, I think the university... You know what? Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. May, anybody consider that she might be right? <laughs> just for... 
No. I mean, she might be right on some of the points, so you have to give her that at least without knowing everything involved. There could be she don't she... need no cheerleader, Gary. <laughs> oh, great. You want a Donna Mercado Kim T shirt? No, don't even don't even accuse me of that. Hey, let's go to a let's go to a bar and have I remember uh, a long time ago I was a kid and this impressed me for some reason it, it it stayed with me for some reason all these years later is the Howard Cosell was either loved or hated. And you went into a bar uh As a kid? to watch Monday night football and a news report showed that um, people were lining up and for charity you could take a brick and throw it through a TV on Monday Night Football when Howard Cosell's face came on the TV. You could throw a brick through the TV. Why don't we do something like that? And you can like you can you know have a dart tournament, and uh, you can have Donna Mercado Kim and uh, Michelle Kadani and Donovan Dela Cruz, and you can throw darts at them. That would be fun, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm on, maybe I'm just off. She could be right on some things. I don't know. But my, the whole thing I hate about this is nobody gets along and nothing gets done. Not enough, and not not for the University of Hawaii. So again, let her let her serve her office in her district, but uh, hopefully she can be taken off that committee that she has so much influence on what will take place or what won't take place as far as helping out the University of Hawaii. Taken off the committee. Okay, so let, she's not helping athletics. So if she's not helping athletics. Taken off the committee. Okay, well, what? She, she, she's appointed or elected to whatever the name is, and I apologize for not knowing the name of the committee. But if she's not helping the university athletic program, which what we've heard or seen and read about, what about the other factor that she talks about at the University of Hawaii? Doesn't she help them in other areas at all either? It just seems like she hasn't done what would be great. Most politicians will brag about what they are doing to help whoever they're involved with. She seemed to just be pointing fingers at the University of Hawaii instead of well, like, yeah. even bragging be- about anything she's accomplished. Because you people in her neighborhood just keep voting her in. Why? Nobody's even going to run against her. That's the problem. I tell you what, we got a uh, we got a guest uh, coming up uh, from the Athletic uh, to talk about Major League Baseball. That's coming up next. Major League Baseball All-Star Game taking place later today. We'll have the coverage on ESPN Honolulu, of course. And we're going to talk more MLB and what's ahead in the second half of the season as we are joined on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline. Covers Major League Baseball for The Athletic. Eno Saris back with us. Eno, great to have you on again. And before we talk about the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game of the second half, when you look back in the first half of the season, what is the biggest story, the biggest thing you've followed so far? I mean, the big the big uh, conversation at the All-Star Game that is part of the story of what we've seen so far is Shohei Otani. You know, where will he go? Will he be traded? Uh, where will he go in free agency? Uh, can the Angels hold it together while Mike Trout is out because they've got the best player in baseball in Shohei Otani on, the, on that team? Um, and so I think that's been the ongoing storyline that's pretty fascinating and you know, just the, the, the different, like, things that Otani does. There's a joke uh, that, he, you know, every night he does something that hasn't been done since 1892 and the Angels lose. 
that's, that's not funny to Angel fans, I'm sure. You know, I, what I read over the weekend is that initially the Angels said they have no interest in trading him, and now they're supposedly telling team, well, we might readdress that in two or three weeks. In other words, if they do fall out of the playoff hunt by the deadline at the end of this trade deadline at the end of the month, that they might be interested. Do you think that could happen in the next few weeks if they start losing? And if so, where is the most likely scenario as far as where he might end up? I think in both the the trade market and in the uh, free agency market, the Dodgers have to be seen as a favorite. Not only in the trade situation do they have lots of young pitchers that I'm sure the Angels would love, um, including uh, some good position players. But they've developed a lot of players recently. Uh, but in free agency, they have the money to do it, and they kind of took uh, last free agency off to large part, so they. Uh, kind of reset in some ways and might have that money to do it. Uh, they're our contender that's, uh, you know, in the pole position to uh, make the playoffs and uh, and probably win the division. Otani would love that. He just made comments at the All-Star game uh, saying that, he, you know, losing sucks and he wants to go to a winner, basically. Um, the Angels right now, will, they, will that happen? The Angels right now have a 10% chance of making the wild card. What makes it so difficult is, the AL East is so good. Right. And so it's most likely that two wild cards come out of the AL East right now would be the Orioles and Blue Jays, but the Yankees are a good team. The Red Sox are a good team. So the Angels, uh, who are a game under five hundred, are not likely to overtake all those AL East teams. They're already down to an 11% chance to make the playoffs. One of the things I, I, I'm curious about, you know, as far as let's say the Angels decide, okay, we're going to move on, we'll take the best offer, would they really want to move him to the L.A. Dodgers? Because, I mean, you just take yourself totally out of the market. I, I can't imagine the Mets or Yankees trading Aaron Judge or Pete Alonso to the other team, but do you think that the Angels might consider that when looking at a team if they are going to move him? In this case, you're trading a guy who's going to be a rental, basically. Um, and so if you did trade it within division or something like that, um, I think you'd hope that uh, the return was better. Uh, you'd, you'd really want the return to be amazing. And then you'd hope that he'd sign somewhere other, other than that, you know, um, so that you don't have to see him all the time. So, um, you know, I do think sometimes people think about division and market when they make trades like that. But in the end, uh, if you are running the Angels, you want the best talent back. Talent is what makes your team better and what brings fans into the seats eventually. And you can't worry about where Otani is going in the future. Eno Saras from The Athletic joining us on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM, talking Major League Baseball. Your thoughts and observations from the Home Run Derby and what's about to take place in Seattle with the All-Star Game coming up later today. I think the American League is going to win. <laughs> I think uh, the when I look at the the two playoff roster, I mean the two uh, wild all star game rosters, what I see is uh, a big difference in the quality of pitching for the American League versus the National League. And so, uh, yes, there are great pitchers uh, on both squads, but in the the way that the all star game works, you kind of just get an inning out of each guy. And so once Zach Gallen uh, pitches for the, the National League, I think there's a, tr- there's a bit of a drop-off behind him in terms of talent. I think the American League is going to feast on that uh, and win the game. 
What teams do you think we should keep our eyes on as the second half will get underway on Friday, maybe looking to make a run, whether it's via trade or just starting to peak at the right time? Um, you know, it's uh, that's interesting. There is an ebb and flow, right? Like we've seen the Rays jump out to this big league and then the Braves kind of uh, overtook them. The Rays lost seven in a row. Um, so, you know, I am, I am interested to see what teams can surge. The Phillies are now seven games over 500. Um, and I kind of feel like the Marlins will fall back to the pack a little bit. Uh, so I think that's uh, a thing that's up in the air. And then I'm really fascinated by the NL Central because, you know, none of the teams are very good. And I don't believe uh, the Reds will keep playing at this nine games above 500 pace that they're on. Um, and I think the Brewers and even maybe the Cubs can get back into it. And that's, they're going to, somebody's going to come out of that uh, division with 87, 88 wins, right. um, I think. And that makes it really gettable for almost anybody. How special, though, is it to see the Cincinnati Reds rookie? Uh, I love watching this guy play, Ellie De La Cruz, with what he has done with the stolen bases the other day. Just the enthusiasm, the passion. Seems to be a guy I think a lot of baseball fans are going to start to love. Yeah, I mean, uh, it reminds me a little bit of O'Neill Cruz, um, where. The Pittsburgh, you know, right? They, yeah, the O'Neill Cruz was the last uh, kind of guy who can run really fast, throw the ball really hard, hit the ball really hard. Um, they both play with a lot of energy. They're both really tall for shortstops. Um, they're both really fun. The big difference uh, for me, and this is a kind of a statistical thing, I hope it's not boring, but like Ellie De La Cruz is like three or four years younger. And the, the, why that's important is that's just three or four years of improvement uh, that he's got on O'Neill Cruz. So, uh, yes, Ellie De La Cruz strikes out a little bit much, but uh, he's got three more years to improve that, and we just saw him steal every base in one inning. He just stole first, second, third, and then stole home. And so he's got, I think, a little bit of an edge on speed on O'Neill Cruz. And so I don't, when I look around the game, I don't see anybody like him. He's like a tall Fernando Tatis, uh, if you want to get anywhere close to, to getting someone that's fast and hits the ball hard and can play shortstop defense and, you know, Tatis has been moved off short stuff. Has anybody else ever done that, stealing second, third, and home in the same inning? Uh, they they said it was like the first time since it, – it's like the Otani thing. It's like the first time since 1912 or something. <laughs> okay, okay. That's obviously something that's very rare. Before I let you go, you know, one last question. The trade deadline, as we mentioned, coming up July 31st. Any other big names you think could be on the move? Um, I mean, the, I think this might be a tough trade deadline, actually, because with the added wild card uh, situation, I think it's really hard to find sellers. Um, mm. You've got, you know, the Nationals, the Royals, the A's, and the Rockies um, as obvious sellers. But even a team like the White Sox could tell themselves, you know, a 10-game win streak, we get back in this weak division. Um, and so they may not sell as, as much as people want. Um, if they do, I think the White Sox are fascinating. If they give up Dylan Cease, um, you know, they, they would get a big return. Eloy Jimenez, if they really blew it up, Eloy Jimenez is a great bat, better than most of the bats that are uh, available on the rental market. Uh, so those are two names I would really uh, be interested to see if they got out there. But I think generally, um, you know, there'll be a lot more buyers than sellers, and there won't be that much talent on the sellers. I mean, the, if you look at the Nationals and you look at the A's and the Rockies, what do you want from them? If the Cardinals become sellers, Jordan Hicks 
is a closer that throws 102 miles an hour um, and would, would add to any team. Um, and Jordan Montgomery, their uh, starting pitcher, they're both on rental deals uh, you know, up at the end of the season. Those two guys could help another team. It's going to be a fun second half of the season. Baseball will really start heating up. A lot of different storylines to follow. Eno, thanks again for joining us. We'll continue to follow you at The Athletic and on Twitter at Eno Saris. Thanks again for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Eno Saris covering Major League Baseball for The Athletic, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline at Aloha Kia. You know a guy. Go to alohakia.com. All right, once again, check it out this afternoon, Major League Baseball All-Star Game on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, Jason Deigert's uh, got something special from Golf Tech. He's going to join us in a second. Uh, also, more on, we'll go back to the uh, Zephyr Insurance text line in just a few minutes, too. All coming up with the animals on this, uh, on this free Slurpee Tuesday on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning, 8.37 here. By the way, it's a cow appreciation day today, too. That's no bull, Gary. <laughs> Put your beefs aside and milk the day for all it's worth. <laughs> Happy cow appreciation day, everybody. Joining us now on the Aloha Kia hotline, a good friend of the show uh, from Golf Tech Honolulu. He is the uh, manager and also the director of instruction. That means he knows his golf stuff. Uh, Jason Deigert back on the show. Hi, Jason. How's it? Hi, Chris. Good. Gary. Hey, Jason. Morning. Hey, you, you know, I've, uh, there's all kinds of things that you, people know that they can go to golf tech. That's your go-to place to really get better in golf, whether you, uh, you know, you want indoor lessons, outdoor lessons out on the golf course, or you want to get fitted for clubs. Maybe you want to buy clubs. But uh, recently, a few months ago, we told you about playing virtual golf at Golf Tech. And I'm thinking here, okay, Allison Corpus wins the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach. What's it like to play at Pebble Beach? Well, now you can find out at Golf Tech, right? That's correct. Now you can find out. It was uh, pretty cool. Uh, we, we So we added our virtual golf bay uh last year and it's a private room uh bring up to four players and play pebble beach as well as some other famous courses around the world uh byob so it's kind of a a, a, you know party golf setting Mm um so it's fun and i was i was watching allison playing that last round and i was I had Pebble Beach up on the screen so I was kind of doing the flyover as they were playing the holes just to kind of get a better understanding of of what they what it looks like. So, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's great graphics. It's uh it's a fun time and it allows you to to play some of these great courses that would, you know, take a lot of time and effort to to go out and play. Right. And so it's a you really like you can get four people together. And you can, like uh, Jason said, it's a BYOB. They got a fridge in there, and you know maybe uh, it, it's fun. You during the fall, you you go, you watch, you you put on the, the the big screen TV in there. You you watch a little football, uh, play a little golf uh, with your favorite beverage with a couple of friends. It's really really cool. Now uh, it's open. Um, let's see, when are you open for? Um, the, the, when is the uh, virtual golf open? Well, we're open. You know, golf tech is open every day of the week, 
pretty much 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. So our virtual golf bay is open every day. Um, and, you know, probably earliest tee times, uh, <laughs> 10 a.m. But if someone wants to get in here early and play virtual golf, yes, we're here. So our regular business hours are 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. weekdays, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. weekends. Okay, so you can go to, uh, you can go to golftech.com and, uh, you know, find out more information on that. The, uh, so some of the other courses besides Pebble Beach, did you mention that? I took my headset off for a second. Uh, no, we've, so, you know, the old course at St. Andrews, yeah. we uh, did a little uh, promotion with that uh, last year. Was it? Yes. Last uh-huh. year, Cam Smith won that, so that was pretty cool, mm-hmm. being able to follow the old course. Uh, Carnoustie, um, Spyglass, Spanish Bay. So, yeah, a lot of uh, really, really good golf courses. And um, You, yeah, you didn't mention the Alawai golf course. Can <laughs> we do the virtual Alawai? Alawai's not on there yet. I would probably, you know, if you're this close, you might as well just go down and play. <laughs> I'm just thinking you can never get a tee time unless, you know, you're one of the old timers <laughs> in, the, in the club, the guys sitting on the bench, but you could have Alawai right there. I think people would uh, you'd be knocking down the doors to play Alawai. I'm just guessing. I'm I'll just to talk to, I'll have to talk to Foresight Sports about adding Alawai to their playlist. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, so check it out. Maybe you're uh maybe it's uh you, you want to just have a nice time playing some virtual golf. It's good fun, man. I went in there uh I've been in there a couple of times, but I actually swung the club and embarrassed myself on social media. I think I'm gonna do that again. We gotta do, we gotta hey. make a point to do that this week, Jason. Yes, yes, we've but, got it on video. That would be great. Let's do it again. Let's see how your game improvement is coming. It's going downhill. The uh, Okay, so, uh, folks, again, golf lessons, club fitting, club sales. And I used to think this, and I asked Jason this one time, and I was like, well, you know, you aren't golf, like, a, you know, at Golf Tech, I can find a better deal online or, I mean, I can find a better deal at the Roger Dunn in my neighborhood, but that's not the case. You guys, you guys don't charge more for clubs than anybody else. No, no, no. Yeah, it's it. There's pretty much a, a manufacturer's price that all all the manufacturers set on their clubs. So we sell price or we sell clubs at the lowest advertised price. We will go through the process and make sure that the shaft is correct for you, the length is right, the line angle's right, the grip size and type is what you want, and we'll order the clubs based on those specs and it, it might take a week or two weeks to get them, but they will be custom made for you and they'll be at that same advertised price. Hey, what do you think about um, just as a, as a professional uh, Bryson DeChambeau where all his clubs are the same length. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I've got a couple students that actually do that, you know, uh, that do it. I think it physically, it makes sense. Um, I don't, I don't know why you don't see more of it. I think maybe you will and maybe you won't because it's just, uh, you know, it's such a, it's different. so used to tradition of golf, but it is a little bit different. You know, I think the, the, some of the problems that we, that you get into is that your wedges are longer than what you, you, you're used to. So it mm-hmm. does make your short irons not as accurate. Um, but it's it makes a pretty good uh, good argument in that you're always set up the same distance from the ball at the same position with all of your irons. 
Right on. All right. Well, so, um, was, that a, we, was that a wishy-washy enough answer for you? Well, it, I was just curious. I kind of put you on the spot. I, I, I enjoy doing that from time to time. Folks, yeah. check out uh, Golf Tech Honolulu 510 P.E. Koi right there by Ala Moana. Also, when you're at the uh, playing virtual golf, there's a lot of little restaurants all around the place. So you can uh, maybe do a little takeout and, um, you know, enjoy. Or, you know, go have lunch afterwards or dinner afterwards. Very cool. All right, uh, virtual golf, check it out. Uh, you can make reservations. Uh, call them, 808-441-0105. I know you're not going to remember that, so just go to uh, golftech.com. Jason, thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And I would encourage your the listeners to come down here, mention that you uh, heard it on the Sports Animals, and we'll do a uh, regular rate is 85 an hour. We'll do a $50 an hour rate for listeners uh, if, you mention, if you mention you guys. Fifty dollars an hour for lessons? No, for this virtual, is for the virtual golf. golf. No. How about fifty dollars for lessons? No. Uh, come All on right. now. <laughs> we'll say you heard it on the sports animals, though. Hey, it's not bad though. That's right. Look, for swing evaluation, uh, you get started for one hundred fifty bucks. Club fitting starts at one hundred fifty bucks. It's not that much. Look, if you're going to spend yeah. five hundred dollars on a driver, get some instruction on how to use it. Exactly. I'm, tro- I'm dropping the mic right there. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, that guy is so cool, man. I love that guy. Uh, Jason Digert, he is the manager and the uh, the director of instruction. I, I mean, He's been on this radio station for a long time, going back, oh, what, 10 years? or About. He was, on the, he was on the golf show with, uh, oh, gosh, I can't remember Matt his Hall. name. Matt Hall. Matt Hall. Yeah. Hey, where's Matt Hall? Is he still living in Hawaii? Anybody know where Matt Hall is? I haven't seen his name in print or heard about him in a long time. But I, he travels the world. I know that. I wonder right. if he still makes a, what his home. Anyway. Okay, it's 846 with the animals here. This is ESPN Honolulu. I uh, want to let you know that you can go to our website or our YouTube channel and check out Athletes with Cole Mausoff. Latest episode uh, just came out a couple of weeks ago. Features Cole sitting down with Kana'i Akana. At the, um, at the, uh, oh, I'm going off the top of my head, uh, Asahi Grill in the Kamuki Asahi Grill. You see, Cole sits down with uh, a bunch of athletes and they talk about sports and life and things like that. It's kind of cool. So check it out. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. All right, so once again, happy Cow Appreciation Day. Milk the day for all it's worth. Milk the day for all it's worth. How does that happen? Not how did that happen, but how does a cow get Appreciation Day? I haven't heard, Gary. Get it? I haven't heard. Yes, yes. Cows going to herd. I get it. I, get I it. haven't heard about that. You've had that. better ones, but that's not bad. Yeah, I haven't heard. Don't. I don't care if you have any kind of beef with me, but this is no bull. <laughs> and how do you uh, – somebody told me a good joke along the same lines. Um, 
I better save it. How do you celebrate uh, cow appreciation? Yes. The, 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 the eat one. chicken. <laughs> That's I just <laughs> saying. That's a... <laughs> okay. Okay. Check this out. Check this out. Oh, today's uh, Amazon Prime Day. So this is the day where stuff goes on sale. And I'm try- I vaguely remember last year. And it, I think it's only for like a certain amount of hours. Like they'll have a vacuum cleaner. And this is on sale for half price for four hours only. But get this. Last year, so it's today and tomorrow, I believe, right? Well, you don't yes, know. Yes, yes, today and tomorrow. Are you an Amazon guy? Do you order from Amazon? I do, but I'm not Amazon Prime anymore. I think I signed up last year, but got off of it. I didn't use it enough. But I do. Uh, I use, get a lot of books oh, you don't use from it Amazon. Enough. I get a lot of books from there and some other things. Okay, so, um, so it's the Amazon Prime Day. And last year, uh, the Prime members... Ordered more than 100,000 items per minute. Where do you put all that stuff? 100,000 items every minute. In 10 minutes, a million items. Every 10 minutes, they've sold a million items. How does Amazon not rule the world? Well, the the owner (laughs) does. They kind of do. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, how did that start to be the 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 dynasty or the the the, the dominant company? I mean, Amazon? it wasn't an Amazon twenty years ago. Let's say fifty. It's, it's, you know what? It's free for us, at least in Hawaii. It's free shipping. It's uh, it's free shipping and it's me. good prices. I don't get free shipping unless once in a while I do. Well, you I... have to you have to subscribe to Amazon Prime. Right, that's what I'm saying. You have to pay for this free shipping in a way. But you get all these movies. And television shows as well. Right, right, right. So anyway, um, yeah, they uh, last year during Amazon Prime Days, they dropped a combined twelve billion dollars. Twelve billion. Now this year they expect. Uh, uh, they they say now we, I don't know. We'll have to wait, or maybe it's on already. I, I haven't looked. But uh, there's uh, sales on uh, Apple iPods, Roomba vacuum cleaners which I still don't understand how those things work, Amazon Echo devices, and uh, Instapots. Instapots. I still can't figure out how to use my Instapot. I hate that thing. What? What is Oh, okay. Uh, but I think also that you get these items and you can get them really fast, and the, the number, the, the volume is just it's mind-boggling when yes, you think about that. Mm-hmm. And then you hear stories about how some of their employees are not treated well. Oh really? Yeah, there's been um, some some serious allegations over the years. Nothing along hazing or anything like that, yeah. but just poor work conditions or not getting paid for overtime and stuff like that, and working like long, long hours. Uh, but obviously, a very successful company on that part. I mean, they, you, anything you want, you can get from Amazon. Right. I know people that just never go shopping; they just get it all there. Yeah. Uh, oh, got a couple of texts coming in. Thank you guys. We were talking about uh, uh, Anelu. It's Anelu Lafayette, right, Tanner? Yes. Anelu Lafaele is going to make his decision on where he's going to go to college. Uh, he's a four-star guy out of Farrington. Someone said he's a St. Louis creator. He was at St. Louis. He transferred to Farrington. So I just want to let uh, the texter know that. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, this one just says COVID, I think, because we were talking about um, Amazon. Oh, uh, how much uh, do swing lessons cost at Golf Tech? I know just from the web. If you've seen my game, you can tell I haven't taken any lessons from Golf Tech. But if you go to the website, I know it says it's the first session is 150. 
um, it's you can give them a call. You know what? Give them a call, and um, they'll they'll just tell you over the phone. It's it's not anything anybody's hiding. But um, let's see. Hey, Chris, if you want to sell or give away your Instapot, please let me know. Thank you. Yes, you know what? You can have it. You can have my Instapot. I mean, it, it, I thought an Instapot would be like a microwave. Hey, I got a roast here. I'm going to throw it in the Instapot and cook it. No, half the things you got to cook first and then throw it in this. It's an extra step. It's really irritating. My wife, every time we're like, oh, let's make this for dinner. Okay, we'll use the Instapot. I'm all, no. Or as my wife says, like when I reach for Pop-Tarts or something in the supermarket, no, no. It's so embarrassing. In front of, and people, they giggle at me. Look at the old couple. No. No more Pop-Tart for you. The I'm question sorry, is Tanner, what how flavor? Much, <laughs> blueberry or strawberry, okay. hello. Blueberry, okay. I'm sorry, Tanner. How much time do we have left in the show? Are we done? All right. That's how we ended here on how ESPN about- Honolulu. We're coming up, a Major League Baseball All-Star game is coming up at uh, this afternoon on ESPN Honolulu.